What's up, Bills Mafia? This is Gregory Russo, defensive end for the Buffalo Bills, and you are listening to The Lockdown with Jake Jordan. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the coolest place in Bills Mafia outside of Western New York. I am your host, Jake, and this is The Lowdown, and you are listening to this on the Built in Buffalo podcast network, where, you know, if you're here, you might as well go listen to everybody, because there are Buffalo Bills podcast every single freaking day of the week and it's awesome you should go check out the twitter go check out the instagram go check out everything that's the little plug for built in buffalo also check me out at jake the bills fan on twitter you won't regret it there's some heat that comes out of that podcast so you know there is quite a few things that you might uh be thinking when we sit down here if you're a regular listener to this show usually Uh, At least these last couple weeks, it has been, you know what, I'm going to sit here, I'm going to bring one of my brothers on, and we're just going to talk about stuff. And right now in the off-season, really, you should try to have somebody on your podcast so that you can bounce stuff off of, so that the conversation lasts a little bit longer than usual. Well, I have a great affinity for being able to talk to myself as I sit here, and I kind of consider myself a student of the game. And if you know what that means, then that means I sit here and I listen to so many podcasts where I hear people just sit there. I mean, there's guys like Bruce Nolan. Vince has people on, but I I know if he wanted to, he could be a solo podcaster. Uh, Guys like Dave and A-Rich, like those guys, while they can play off of each other, they also can just talk to themselves. Like it's, it's crazy how you can just sit there and somebody can, you know, talk to themselves for an hour, an hour and 40 minutes. And see, that's the thing that I also want to throw in that I have seen that a lot of people just try to stretch out their content because that's kind of what they do, right? I When you listen to this, I'm sure you would like an hour to an hour and 40 minutes of content so that you can sit there and listen to stuff about the Buffalo Bills for maybe your long ride home. Maybe some of you work about an hour. I know my parents work almost about an hour away from where they actually live so if you can listen to something like this while you are coming home it's probably something that you like but just because you can stretch an hour to an hour and 40 minutes out of a pod does not mean it's technically the highest of quality uh there's a lot of shows at least right now and i'm not going to name any names that really really stretch out their ideas very very thin and, you know, do things that, you know, it's, they're not very interesting. I mean, it's, it's slow right now. There's not a lot of things to talk about right now. For me, at least I have two things that I can possibly talk about by myself, just right here sitting in my chair in my office. And sorry if you hear any scratching. I'm one of those horrible people that when I get a mosquito bite, I just scratch the shit out of it. So if you guys do hear that, I am very, very sorry. But, you know, what are the two topics that we got to talk about today, Jake? Well, let me tell you. It is the Josh Allen extension. Yes, there were a couple bits of news that came out this week saying that Josh Allen 
was willing for a team-friendly deal to help the Bills out so that they could stay competitive for the long run. Now, a lot of people are misconstruing this. This is not a hometown discount. This isn't something like that. That's not where Josh Allen is going to take less money to stay with the team and to help them out. This isn't a Tom Brady situation. Josh Allen is going to get paid. All right, Josh Allen is going to get his money. But what you're looking at is a longer term deal to where the money that Josh Allen is guaranteed eventually over the long run becomes peanuts to what quarterbacks will be being paid in the future. And that's a smart deal, especially if it's a guy that you think is going to be on your roster and have the type of talent for a long time that we think Josh Allen will have. Now, what are the pros and cons of this? When could this get done? First of all, lots and lots of pros to this kind of deal. Cons, let's talk about it. Maybe you don't want to lock up Josh Allen for 10 years. Maybe you don't want to get him on a Patty Mahomes type deal, which I, I promise you that they do believe in Josh Allen the way that you know all of us do. Josh Allen shows that promise. He already went out and had a hell of a year, and if Aaron Rodgers didn't exist, Josh Allen is the NFL MVP last year. So the man deserves this money. I'm sure they're going to have an out somewhere in the contract, say something were to happen. There's going to be a ton of clauses. This is going to be a mega deal. You're going to have Patrick Mahomes at one, and right under him is going to be Josh Allen, or maybe Dak. Maybe it'll be slightly less than Dak. He's making about $41 million per year. Uh, when could this get done? That was the other question. I see a lot of people, especially Dave, who you know does, uh, I mean, he's basically the owner of Built in Buffalo, so he puts out, he thinks that it's going to get done around, you know, probably a month before the season starts. Uh, I could see that happening because if Josh Allen goes out, and I've said this many times before if you've listened to podcasts in the past, you would know that I think that a lot of the things that bother me with Josh Allen could you know, also bother the team. And when they're looking at it, maybe you take the extra year, which is why I thought it was smart they picked up his fifth-year option. Maybe you take the extra year to evaluate him and then give him that money. And if he doesn't regress at all and he's at the same level and he's just an elite quarterback, which a lot of people don't want to admit, but an elite quarterback, if you're outside of Bill's Mafia, a lot of people don't think that they are truly elite especially pff ranking him at the 40th best player in the nfl and stefan diggs at the 45th best player in the nfl pff is trash the only thing that i can use from them is their stats which even then their stats are sometimes biased but let's keep going with this i think you've just got the two options in your hand do you just make sure that what you got is right and maybe the deal doesn't get done this year there's a great possibility that happens but if you sit here and you look at it and it's like okay well we can lock them up now at probably around 40 which is a little bit less than Dak, at one million dollars less a year if we lock them up at that in time that's going to open up your basically the money you're going to be able to use in the future because the salary cap just goes up and up and up unless there's a clause in there that Josh Allen has to make a certain percentage of the salary cap, which would then increase his money over time, which I believe is something like Patrick Mahomes has quite possibly not entirely sure about that. Don't fact check me. 
So yeah, the Josh Allen deal, is it imminent? Quite possibly. And is that a bad thing? No, it's really not. I really think that I would have preferred just having one more year of Josh Allen just completely ball out and then give him the big contract. That's fine because basically he's going to go this year on what he's paid anyway, even if they did a contract extension. So really the only thing that's changing is that you're going to be possibly paying him more in the future. Say he goes out and wins the Super Bowl this year, which a lot of us are really thinking that he's going to go do. So that's, you know, that's just what I have to say on the Josh Allen situation. I really can't wait to see what happens with that. Of course, I want Josh Allen here for as long as he's a NFL player, uh, much like the New England Patriots wanted Tom Brady to retire a New England Patriot. And I'm happy this year because uh, one thing that is a recent development and is something that I'm very, very excited for, and I put it out on Twitter. Remember, at Jake the Bills fan on Twitter, go look it up. I put out some heat on the Twitter, but I don't do food rankings or anything like that because that's just a little bit too based, if you feel me. So, really, let's uh, let, let me tell you about what's happened, right? So, I don't usually, we don't usually bring up personal life that much. I have whenever I do things with like my dad. I had that podcast where I repurposed it when I was at the Fanatics and I brought it over here because I wanted everybody to just see like kind of the camaraderie that me, my brother, and my dad really have. Uh, you know, it's just kind of the bills are kind of like a glue in our relationship. And it's not that I wouldn't have a good relationship with my dad if we didn't have the bills. I mean, hell, we both like we both love the Dodgers because that was his childhood team, his dad's childhood team when they were in Brooklyn. And it's kind of just carried on. Don't know what happened with my older brother, though. He's a Red Sox fan. But we're Dodgers fans. We talk about the Dodgers all the time. We're Orlando Magic fans. We talk about the Orlando Magic. So the Bills are just another like puzzle piece that holds us all together, right? Well, thankfully, I've only been to Buffalo one time in my entire life. I have been to Buffalo, and I've seen my Uncle Drew, who is my, is my dad's brother. Last time I saw him was five years ago at my older brother's wedding, and before that, I couldn't tell you the last time I saw him. Maybe it was a family reunion, but I love my Uncle Drew. I love my Uncle Brian. I, I mean, we all just are connected because of this team, right? And one of the big things that I wanted to do, especially in the wake of them talking about, well, they might be moving on from the Ralph soon or Highmark Stadium or whatever you want to call it, New Era, what, whatever you call it, right? Rich Stadium, call it whatever you want. Uh, in the news of that coming out, which is uh, the second thing that I wanted to talk about, um, is that they're possibly, once the lease is up in 2023, uh, the Bills will be, are looking into, I'm not going to say will be because it's not 100% confirmed, but they pretty much have hired all the people in the firms that you need to build a new stadium. And all of the history that is in that stadium, good and bad, um, uh, I've never experienced it. I have a Buffalo Bills podcast. I sit here, I talk to you guys, and I claim to know a little, or I I claim to know quite a bit, and I you know I look more into it than the average fan. But I have never in my life gone to a Bills game in Buffalo, and I mean I've lived in Flor. Well, I lived in Tennessee, but I lived in Florida 
basically my whole life and it's just completely crazy that we've never been up there and i was like uh i floated a thing to my parents to hey maybe we take well originally we were going to go to the colts game that didn't turn out because of scheduling so then i was like okay well we can go to the patriots monday night football game that doesn't really work out so in turn we have finally settled on a date of august or september 26th we're gonna go see the washington football team and fitzy come back into town to play the buffalo bills and it is going to be my first bills game i'm going to record it i don't know what i'll do with that video maybe i'll put it out on my youtube channel which you can find on youtube at Jake Jordan. I don't post that much. I definitely will during the season start that back up. Or maybe I'll work with Built in Buffalo and see if maybe we can make it like a little thing that goes up on the channel because they put out like our editors are freaking amazing, dude. I could probably send them the content and they could just make it absolutely amazing and maybe it'd be a cool little project i'll have to float that to dave maybe see what he what he thinks that i should do but yeah i get to go to two bills games this year i'm gonna go to one in jacksonville which if you've listened to pods in the past uh we've talked about that's the game that we're gonna get to go to in florida but now that they are you know opening up the bills games to you know unvaccinated and vaccinated people i'm i'm vaccinated i'll put that out there and that's one thing i'm not going to talk about is the cole beasley news i didn't even want to bring it up at all but you know just when vaccination hit my head and thinking about the bills i thought about cole beasley and maybe somebody would be like oh he's bringing up vaccinations maybe we'll talk about cole beasley Nah, i don't want to touch that with a 10-foot pole man nobody is going to remember any of that shit once it gets to the season so that's just how that is but no they open it up to i guess vaccinated and non-vaccinated fans again i'm vaccinated uh the big thing just was being able to go into the stadium because you had to have the excelsior pass which is for new york state residents only and since i'm from florida I cannot have a excelsior pass so i was just waiting for them to announce unvaccinated fans Hell, I'd go there with my card anyway if that was what I had to do to prove that I was vaccinated. But, no, I get to go see the Bills in Orchard Park against the Washington football team. And I'm going, we're spending the whole weekend there. I want to go look at stuff. If anybody has any suggestions for things I need to do while I'm in Buffalo, which I know a lot of people who are in Buffalo have a bunch of suggestions for where to eat and all that stuff, send them my way on Twitter. Again, at JakeTheBillsFan. Just send me a DM, send me a tweet, whatever it is. Just tell me what you think that I should do when I go to Buffalo. And I'm going to have a list, and I'm going to make sure that it gets put into a video, whether whatever channel that goes up on. So, again, the news that sparked all this was that the Buffalo Bills are looking into building a new stadium whether it's still in orchard park which i believe they're saying that it's going to be in orchard park and it's still going to be a open air stadium a lot of people are like well why do we need a new stadium well i believe that the stadium that is there right now was built in 1973 the nfl has been hounding the bills for years to do either a full-on renovation of the whole entire stadium or to build a new one. And a big part of that is the NFL wants to generate more money. They see the money in Bill's Mafia, and yeah, the the Ralph gets sold out. 
that's great. I believe my dad the other day said it holds about 80,000 people, which, I mean, that's insane. But if you look at it in the numbers of what other stadiums can hold, it's, you know, just one of those old stadiums. And don't get me wrong, they're not going to touch. And this comes in wake of news, too, that the Bears are looking from possibly moving out of Soldier Field. I mean, all these old stadiums, I think the only main old stadium that could be left is Lambeau Field. And I don't think I ever see the Packers leaving from there. But just like a lot of people don't see the Bills leaving Rich Stadium. Like, I mean, that's just one thing where people are like, what? Or Bears fans thinking that the Bears were going to leave Soldier Field. Like, that's that's just crazy. So my big question is, was it needed or like what was the bills looking to building a new state well you got to think about it everybody we're going to be a contending team and with news of josh allen saying that he's willing to you know sign a deal that's a little bit friendly to help the team stay competitive you got to think we're going to be in this for the long haul how many more tickets are they going to sell? Because it doesn't matter. They've been talking about the Bills possibly either going to play in Toronto while the stadium is being built. Which, if there's news like that getting out, a lot of people saying, oh, maybe they play in the old stadium and build the one like right next to it. If news like that is getting out that they're possibly looking into playing in Toronto or Penn State at the at Beaver Stadium, like... If that kind of news is coming out, it makes me think they're going to demolish and rebuild at it, and the Bills could not be playing there. But uh, again, let, let's just talk about it. There's going to be more and more fans, right? More and more tickets. More than 80,000 wanting to go to games. You got to think about that. If the new stadium's built, maybe it holds 100,000, 120,000. Who knows? You know people that you know when it's sold out to go to a game yeah you might be able to find a few tickets here and there but you know it'll become a little bit more widely available now a lot of people don't want the new stadium because it's going to raise prices yeah i would assume that a new state-of-the-art facility that will also probably hopefully be paid for by the pagulas probably not probably by the uh by the county and the people in it but let's just talk about that uh, people are afraid that their rate, I mean, these people that have had these season tickets forever are their rates are going to go up and all this stuff and all of this, the normalcy of Bill's mafia is going to be attacked. What we view as normal is going to be, you know, not the normal anymore. What's going to happen? They've already tried restrictions on tailgating and things like that, and that's not really working. So, what are they going to do? I mean, are are you not going to be able to stomp on the bleacher type seats anymore? Because now they're just going to be regular seats. It's not going to make the same noise. It's going to be different. And I think that if it stifles any way of how Bill's Mafia is able to affect the game, it's not going to be very... I, I don't think it's going to be very good, and I don't think the fans are going to like it. But is it needed? I think it is, because it definitely brings a lot more money to the team and the NFL has been wanting that they've been hounding the Pagulas for years who already did a massive renovation to the stadium uh, to possibly have to either put even more money into it or put money into a brand new stadium it's also going to bring in new fans whether they are bandwagon or not who knows you can still make new Bills fans out of that 
So legitimately, I like the idea of a new stadium. I don't think it's the wrong thing to do, especially with a team that's up and coming. And I, I think the big problem with it is keeping it an open-air stadium. And I know that keeping it open-air just kind of keeps the advantage that we have. And I'm not saying that that's not true. I think that having the snow and the weather and the elements and being able to use that as your advantage... Um, and let me stop right there. Sorry, I'm clicking this pen if you're able to hear that. It's kind of like a nervous tick when I'm talking. It's kind of just like a thing I do. But no, having the elements and everything like that, I understand that. I was more of a team dome type guy. I think Josh Allen really thrives when he's in a neutral environment. And I think if you just have that year round teams coming in to now the Bills being able to have that advantage of the weather and having a guy like Josh Allen who can deal with those elements I mean that gives you an advantage but you can't say that the elements also don't stifle the bills because you know when you're playing in all that snow I mean you don't have an advantage you still just have just as much as of a disadvantage on the field as the other team you're just a little bit more used to it um, which they practice inside anyway so I know they do out outdoor practices but you know if it's snow like that you're not practicing outdoors so I think that it's very neutral you can go either way when it comes to talking about the new stadium uh but that's why for these next two years I want to get out to Buffalo and I want to experience this stadium before it is gone and I know a lot of people are going to do the same now that pretty much concludes the first kind of part that I have for the podcast here I'm going to put in a little snippet from a built in buffalo podcast just so that you guys can check out the other heater takes that are on this podcast platform I mean look at I mean there are so many podcasts every single day that you guys can watch that are fucking amazing sorry i had to drop that on there i've been pretty tame i think this whole podcast but yeah uh we're gonna go into the break i'm gonna come back from that and when we come back i'm gonna hit on the nfl's basically the nfl's uh we're gonna go off of DraftKings sportsbooks numbers the nfl bets for the division winners we're gonna talk about that what do i think and maybe some that you could put some money down on when we get back Ric Flair says, to be the man, you got to beat the man. And the man that we have to beat is the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think that the Buffalo Bills are going to be number two for as long as it is. We might be, who knows, we could be the New York Knicks to the Michael Jordan Bulls in the 90s. That could be us if we if we do not knock off and get this monkey off our back. Of the, This could be Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady. Like Peyton Manning got some over on Tom Brady, but guess who has more Super Bowls? Newsflash, it's Tom Brady. Peyton Manning's a great, but he does not have as many rings as Tom Brady. So right. for us to truly be better than the Kansas City Chiefs, we need to be able to, whether it's them walking in to Highmark Stadium or us walking into Arrowhead, they got to get their ass beat by the Buffalo yeah. Bills for us to truly be the number one. What is going on? Welcome back to the coolest place in Bills Mafia. I am your host, 
Jake. This is The Lowdown, and you are back for the second half for us to talk about some betting. Now, anything that I say in this section, do not take my entire word for it. These are just what I would put money on for teams to win certain divisions. If I was looking at it, I'm going to just tell you what they have and, you know, and what I would personally put some money down on that almost seems like, I mean, there's a couple here that I think could be a lock. So let's talk about it. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook. If you don't already, DraftKings Sportsbook or FanDuel. I mean, if gambling is able, if you're able to do online gambling with sports books in your state, it is one of the easiest to do unless you have a bookie. Now, let's just talk about it. I mean, the NFL this year is going to be a little weird. Some teams that are usually, you know, up there are probably not going to be anymore, like your New Orleans Saints or your um, or your Green Bay Packers, possibly. And we'll talk about that when it comes to, but everything that I say in this podcast is my opinion, what I think maybe you should put some bets down on, and we'll just go from there because they've got the, uh, I was going to do this a few weeks ago. I was going to talk to uh, my brother, and I think I even said it in the podcast because that podcast messed up. And I said, oh, yeah, we're going to talk about some, we were going to talk about betting odds and who we think wins each division. But let's get into it. This is all, again, from DraftKings Sportsbook, what their odds are, and I'm assuming they get their odds possibly from Vegas. So let's talk about it. The NFC West, which I do believe is the most interesting and probably risky division to try to put some money down on because or maybe that in the NFC East because all those teams kind of stink but just thinking about it we've got this we've got the 49ers at plus 185 the LA Rams at plus 190 the Seahawks at plus 275 and the Cardinals at plus 600 now when I look at it all Probably going to be very decent teams this year. I don't think Seattle has done enough for their defense. I don't think they're winning the division. I wouldn't put money on the Seahawks. If it was for the Seahawks to squeak into the playoffs, yeah, I would say that's possibly going to happen. The San Francisco 49ers, I mean, it's it's to be seen. I don't know how their defense is really going to look this year, and injuries have always plagued the 49ers. The big team that I'm in on, and the Arizona Cardinals are the Arizona Cardinals. They went all in this year. I think the only thing that stops them is the Los Angeles Rams. Now, as you can see, the lines are plus 185 and plus 190 between the 49ers and the Rams. That's just telling you that they have no idea what's going to happen. They're just, you know, trying to cover their ass and the 49ers have a little bit better of a track record. I think the LA Rams with the defense they have and adding Matt Stafford, who say what you want, the Rams last year were getting it done with guys who weren't Jared Goff. And then when Jared Goff came in, they still didn't do that much. So getting a guy like Matt Stafford, who, yeah, gets little injuries here and there, but is usually very reliable. I'm taking the LA Rams at plus 190 to take that division. And I'm going to write that down right here because I'm going to put what people I believe are going to win the division. So LA Rams is my official pick for the NFC West. Now let's talk about the NFC North right now. It goes this Packers minus 127, which is real. Like that means that they're pretty much the lock. Uh, the Vikings at 225, the bears at plus 
350 and the Detroit Lions at plus 2000. All right. Well, let's talk about this. This bet has a caveat. I wouldn't make this bet right now because you just don't know. If the Green Bay Packers have Aaron Rodgers, if you pick anybody other than the Green Bay Packers to win that division, you are dense and just asking to lose your money. Now, if Aaron Rodgers leaves the Packers, and this is the only reason why I would put the bet now because the odds are going to change immensely if you wait for this. The Green Bay Packers, if they lose Aaron Rodgers, I say fall to third in the division. Uh, Maybe even the Detroit Lions are better. And I think that the Minnesota Vikings, with their health things that they had last year, come back and they win that division easy. And if you locked it in now, plus 225, you're going to make yourself a nice little profit on that. So basically, this is like a bet where you're thinking, okay, uh, the lines are going to change. If the Packers lose Aaron Rodgers, you got to think that the Vikings immediately jump probably in the negatives just because I think they're the second best team in the division. And if the Packers lose Aaron Rodgers, then they are the best team in the division. So that's a, you got a little, you got to hedge your bet a little bit there on what you really think is going to be happening there. But if you don't pick the Packers now, while they still have Aaron Rodgers, you're going to lose money regardless. But if Aaron Rodgers leaves, those Minnesota Vikings could make you a little bit of money. So NFC East time. This division is garbage, everybody. It, it truly is. But I think that there's uh, one little team in there that I probably have a little bit too much faith in and I would put my money on. But it's just me. Let's talk about it. Dallas Cowboys, plus 125. Washington football team, plus 260. New York Giants, plus 350. And the Philadelphia Eagles at plus 500. If it were me, I don't, the Dallas Cowboys did bring in some guys on defense, but I still don't think it's enough to completely overhaul it. The Washington football team was a team that last year, when they made it into the playoffs, even though they were uh, admittedly awful, came in and gave a running to the eventual Super Bowl champs. Their defensive line is nasty. They've got some questions in their secondary, and I think that Fitzpatrick is going to elevate their offense just enough to be... And just think about it. If Fitzpatrick can't do it, they've got that Taylor Heineke guy who in the playoffs last year had a little bit of a flash. Maybe he actually comes out and becomes their starter. Who knows? But right now, Fitzpatrick is the starter. Uh, I think Fitzpatrick gives you a chance to win every single game regardless and if it were me i'm gonna put some money down on pretty much putting your money down on any of these guys could possibly win you some money but uh, the washington football team at plus 260 i think they're gonna be a really good team this year even the new york giants the new york giants brought in a ton of help for daniel jones the only thing that'll stop the new york giants from winning is Daniel Jones, and possibly the Washington football team defense. So if it were me, I'd throw a little bit of money on the Washington football team, and I would pick the Washington football team to win the division unless Dak goes completely out of his mind and carries the Dallas Cowboys. So from that, we're moving into our first AFC conference division. And, I mean, let's talk about it. This is the AFC West We all know who's out there. The Kansas City Chiefs at minus 335. If you don't pick them regardless, then you're going to lose your money. 
Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be the best team in that division. They're winning it. Uh, the Denver Somehow, the Denver Broncos and the LA Chargers both have plus 600 when it comes to the bet. And if you, if you don't know betting, if it's a negative, negative 335, that means that uh, they're pretty much heavily favored. But if it's a plus, that means that they're not favored. So... Plus 600 for the LA Chargers and the Broncos. I don't think these teams are on the same stratosphere. I think the LA Chargers would have been a better team last year if they just gotten rid of Anthony Lynn. Bills fans, we love Anthony Lynn, but he was one of the worst coaches in the league last year. So I think the LA Chargers are way above the Denver Broncos. And the only thing they could keep the Denver Broncos in the loop is if they got Aaron Rodgers. If they get Aaron Rodgers, the Denver Broncos make the playoffs. I believe I think it's going to be a situation where they kind of just pull a little Peyton Manning type thing where they get a proven quarterback in there and Drew Locke is out of the building. But Justin Herbert gives me all the feelings, everybody. Justin Herbert, I believe, is just another version of Josh Allen. I think he's coming along a lot faster than Josh Allen. So the LA Chargers at plus 600. Do I think that they could upset the Chiefs? If the Chiefs, for some reason, have a down year and they're going to get challenged by anybody in their division, it is the LA Chargers. Just in their division alone, the Broncos and the Raiders aren't going to do anything to the Chiefs but the Chargers look out for them plus 600 but if I was betting on this I wouldn't bet on it because the Kansas City Chiefs you're not really making much money if you bet on them because they're pretty much the odds on favorite but if you want to go for a little bit of a wild card throw about 100 bucks on the LA Chargers make 600 bucks why not do it that'd be awesome if somehow the Chargers do that if not you're out 100 bucks which to some people that's a ton of money to some people it's not back to the nfc and i believe this is the last nfc division and we got the bucks minus 200 saints plus 300 falcons plus 800 and the packer or the panthers at plus 1100 look Sam Darnold doesn't move the needle enough for the Panthers. I think that they're going to be a better team this year. I think they're going to be better than the Falcons, possibly. I don't know. Don't hold me to that. But uh, I do believe that picking anybody but the Bucks, who have brought back almost their whole team, is almost ridiculous to do. The New Orleans Saints still don't know who's going to be their quarterback. Is it Taysom Hill? Is it Jameis Winston? Who knows? Regardless of who's back there, I think Tampa Bay is the best one. You're betting on this division. You're betting on losing a little bit of money because the Falcons, the Panthers, and the Saints, at least at this moment, unless Jameis Winston comes out and absolutely balls, nobody's challenging the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for that. So I wouldn't even bet on that division if it were me. AFC South, let's talk about it. This division, there's two teams that are hot garbage. And then there's one team that just added Julio Jones that everybody thinks is going to make them a super team. And then there's a team in the Indianapolis Colts that are going to rule the division. Now, if I was putting money down now, they think it's so close between the Colts and the Titans, plus 105 for the Colts, I would slam that the Colts are going to be an amazing team next year. Carson Wentz, I know everyone's like, oh, he's a reclamation project. You don't know what's going on with him and everything. If they decided that they saw enough in their camps that they didn't need to hold mandatory minicamp, Frank Reich knows what he has. The Indianapolis Colts offense is going to be much better than it was last year with Old Man Rivers, and their defense is going to be nasty. So the Indianapolis Colts, Look, I just explained it to you. 
they got it all. The Tennessee Titans, if you're trying to win five bucks more, yeah, sure. Go ahead and place your bets on them. But they're not winning that division. That defense isn't going to be sniffing the Colts' ass. I think the Colts are going to be good. They're going to sweep everyone in their division. And who knows? They could even beat the Bills in Buffalo. That's just a thing to me. And I know that's sacrilege to say, but it plus 115. If you put 100 down, you get 115 bucks on that. So you win 215. Why not? Go ahead. Do something like that. Maybe go a little bit crazy. So now the AFC East. I love these numbers, ladies and gentlemen. This is, this is just a favorite of mine. The Buffalo Bills are minus 150 to win the division the miami dolphins are plus 325 the new england patriots are plus 350 and the new york jets are plus 2000 let's talk about it right the bills bring back almost everybody that was on the team last year that dominated the whole division check okay the buffalo bills bring in some young talent to bolster up the one thing excuse me the one thing that last year they said they had problems with. Check. Okay. And then they also brought in Emmanuel Sanders as an upgrade over John Brown. Check. Okay. I think this Buffalo Bills team is better than last year. They are hungrier than last year because they still didn't get it done. The Miami Dolphins have players that want new contracts and are just wanting these new contracts so the team basically has to pay them to stay there or they are possibly leaving because who knows what the culture's like down there. I want to assume that Brian Flores is a good coach and the culture's just fine, but we've seen that Brian Flores is the type of coach where he doesn't care what your contract is, he'll cut you, and I don't think that's exactly good for the organization. But the Dolphins having their problems, the New England Patriots not knowing who their quarterbacks are going to be, especially since, I mean, from what it looks like in camp, Jarrett Stidham and Mac Jones are the ones that are... <laughs> are really trying to compete for that uh, that quarterback one spot, not Cam Newton, no matter what Bill Belichick says. So who knows? I think those teams are still in a little bit of disarray right now. I think the most functional throughout training camp has been the New York Jets. But at plus 2,000, if you bet on the Jets, um, you're asking to lose money. But if you throw a little bit of money on them and somehow the New York Jets are the next best thing since sliced bread, you win $2,000. Just telling you that, but I, if it were me, I wouldn't bet on this at all because if you're betting, uh, you better pick the Buffalo Bills. I mean, if if anything, you pick the New England Patriots because maybe they're able to recapture some of their former glory. And then finally, the AFC North. This is another one of those conferences where they just don't know what is going to happen because everybody has a plus by their name that's good if you see a plus by everybody's name that means it's going to be very close let's start at the bottom cincinnati Bengals plus 2000 don't put money on the Bengals. come on that's like putting money on the houston texans when i was talking about the afc south i didn't even talk about the jags or the texans because they're just garbage i mean the texans have an even worse chance of winning their division than the Bengals do so like the Bengals are plus 2000 sure throw some money on there if the Bengals somehow shock the world which they're not going to uh then you've got 2000 extra dollars in your pocket the Pittsburgh Steelers are plus 400 the Cleveland Browns at plus 145 and the Baltimore Ravens at plus 125 look this whole division last year really really benefited from a easy ass schedule the pittsburgh steelers last year were not a actual 11 and 0 team sorry about that but they 
fed on one of the easiest schedules, and this goes for all of the teams there, especially the Cleveland Browns. Uh, just the schedules that they feasted on were absolutely awful. I still think that the most talented team in there is the Cleveland Browns. I think the Baltimore Ravens have been figured out. I think more and more defenses are going to catch on to it. And yeah, they added Sammy Watkins, but what are they really going to do except not really change up the the offense all that much and just rely on their defense and their run game? It works. It's some old school type football, but the Cleveland Browns, they get Odell Beckham Jr. back, and if they're just able to slot him in to that system that was already working last year with Kevin Stefanski and Baker Mayfield, the Cleveland Browns at plus 145 is what I'm putting my money on. I would slam that. I love the Cleveland Browns. I think they're going to win the division next year. Pittsburgh Steelers won't sniff it, and the Baltimore Ravens are basically going to be one of those teams where, like I said, they could make it into the playoffs as like a wild card, but they're not winning their division. I don't think so. So those are my picks that I would think what I would put money on. I hope you guys have enjoyed this week's episode of The Lowdown. I have been sitting here for 40 minutes. That's crazy talking to myself, but hopefully you guys enjoyed. Maybe you win a little bit of money from me. Maybe I'm stupid and I lose you a lot of money. Again, don't listen to me for gambling advice, please. I am a college student who just looks at the numbers and thinks, oh, well, that's probably more possible than not. I try to make the safest bets, but sometimes I throw a little uh, a little things out there to try to win you a little bit of money. So hopefully you guys enjoyed. Hopefully this found you on your way to work or driving home from work. It's You're ready for the weekend. It has been another Friday edition of the Lowdown in the offseason. Again, hope you guys have enjoyed. Next week, we will be talking about the defenses in the AFC East, and maybe I'll bring on a guest with me for the second half. Again, I hope you guys have enjoyed this week's episode, and I will see you guys next week. Thank you.